The economy has had a lot of twists and turns in the last few months, quarters in 2022, but there's reasons to stay optimistic, but also to stay prudent. They say that talking is a necessity. Listening is an art. I couldn't agree more. Listening is how I learn the most. During this podcast, we get to meet inspiring, passionate experts from the business community. I am Guy Cormier. Thank you for listening. Today, let's talk about the economy. It's not always easy to understand what's going on. And we'll try to explain things in simple terms. With me today at Complexe Desjardins is our chief economist, Jimmy Jean. Thanks for being here, Jimmy. Thanks. Always a pleasure to talk about the economy. Funny you should say that, because for most people, I'm not sure it's their favorite subject. But it's so important to understand economy. So, more personally, how did you become interested in the economy, Jimmy? Well, it really started uh, when I was in high school. Uh, I had a uh, curiosity for the business world, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I had this vision of myself uh, being in front of people and showing charts. Uh, I guess I wasn't too too much off the mark, but uh, I would say uh, when I, I really had the spark was uh, when I was at my last year of undergrad in uh, a course that you know very well, uh, Current Economic Analysis and Forecasting by Maurice Marchand at HEC Montréal. And this was uh, a course about all that I'm doing today. So uh, really, that's what uh, triggered the spark. And I think what really is uh, so passionate about the economy is that it's a science that really uh, strives to understand and, and model out uh, behavior, uh, the behavior of agents, uh, their incentives, uh, equilibrium, uh, disequilibrium. And, uh, and also, it's really the only uh, mechanism that us as uh, a humanity, we've created to uh, try to allocate uh, limited resources to unlimited demand. And that is a fundamental reality uh, of our existence as humans. Well, Jimmy, we have two things in common. HEC Montréal, and we work with Maurice Marchand. And I didn't knew that, so that's, that's funny too. But first, I would like to talk about the economic situation And things have changed so fast, so rapidly in the last 12 to 18 months. Record inflation, gasoline prices are fluctuating like, like a roller coaster, let's put it this way. Uh, food prices soaring, interest rates shooting up, stumbling real estate markets. So in other words, people are feeling right now kind of a loss of control, like the, the rug is being pulled out from under their feet. So how do we explain that, Jimmy? Well, exactly. So many things. Uh, you can think about uh, how it started with uh, all the imbalances caused by the pandemic between global demand and supply, and then it morphed into um, uh, global supply chain issues, and then it was compounded by the war in Ukraine. So we can talk about a perfect storm, literally speaking. Uh, but there's no uh, secret wand to really bring inflation uh, back. It really uh, is about calming the demand and bringing back demand in line with the level of supply. And it's really a concerted effort right now being undertaken by central banks to achieve that. But we do know that uh, interest rate increases take time before the, their full effect is, uh, is felt into the economy. 
so uh, we're going to have to be patient to observe that, but we do expect uh, this to manifest more and more as we go forward in uh, 2023. It's really in real estate that the effect is going to be felt most rapidly. Um, the conditions for a slowdown were already there in real estate. We have the cost of material. You had the fact that you have overbidding wars in many markets and the majority of Canadian markets. And that has, of course, affected uh, uh, home buyers' capacity to access the market. Uh, so all those factors uh, were uh, in place. And then you had interest rate increases uh, at a very rapid pace uh, that came to compound it all. But, uh, this, you know, speaking of real estate, because I want to touch on a point you made just earlier about how uh, there's a sense of control people are losing. It's really in real estate that this uh, manifests. First, because it's the biggest investment somebody is going to have to make in their lifetime. Uh, even when we're renting, it's uh, largely the biggest uh, uh, expense uh, component of our budget. Uh, secondly, uh, we have discovered how much uh, our society has become vulnerable to interest rates, given the size of, of mortgages that, that we now need to take. And then thirdly, it's mo more difficult than ever to become uh, an, an owner for somebody, you know, starting out of school and just uh, trying to uh, accumulate a down payment for uh, his or her first home. It's so much more difficult. You need help for your parents. You have to save more. So uh, I really uh, understand what you mean when you talk about the fact that people feel a sense of loss of control versus perhaps uh, previous generations. And uh, I would like to go a bit further regarding uh, the young people that just explained. Um, I feel that first, they never have been through a situation like this. For them, you know, 20, 25 year old, 30, 33 years old, um, interest rates were always 2, 3%. Uh, the economy was quite positive. Now, they just looked at what happened in the last 12 months, the rate hikes, uh, and I just finished a visit around many regroupements des jeunes chambres de commerce du Québec. And now I'm visiting many universities. And I feel that the younger ones now are, are preoccupied about many aspects. Yes, there's, the job market is still positive, uh, but they feel that regarding uh, the home prices, uh, yes, we have seen a decrease in the home prices, but the affordability is not necessarily as positive for them that it used to be. Uh, anything to reassure them when you look at the next few quarters? Well, when it comes to, if we, we think about uh, home affordability, because that's uh, certainly a central issue among uh, the younger generations, unfortunately, it's not a, a matter that uh, has a very short-term solution. Given the uh, numerous factors at play, we're talking about uh, labor, we're talking about zoning, uh, land availability, uh, the cost of land as well. So all those limits to uh, new construction are going to stay uh, in place unless we uh, manage to uh, unlock things at a public policy level. But uh, if that were easy, that would be done already. Uh, we know that there have been some programs to uh, speed up to help people uh, access home ownership. Uh, the intention is good, but it's a little bit the same thing as uh, providing handouts. Uh, when demand exceeds supply, the only thing it does is create additional pressure on prices. 
Now, having said that, uh, in housing, we see further price uh, adjustments in uh, existing homes and new homes as well in 2023. So the trend of 2022 is expected to continue. That's going to be the case in, in all provinces. Uh, we also expect interest rates to stabilize and even start to decline starting at the end of 2023, uh, provided, of course, that inflation uh, moderates by then, which is our expectation. Uh, so all these uh, developments should help restore uh, some level of affordability. Uh, they w should help at the margin. But uh, our team has uh, examined the problem of affordability, the problem of uh, the lack of supply in the uh, housing market. And we've identified the number of uh, new housing units that need to be built uh, to really solve this. And the number comes up to 100,000 uh, new housing units that need to be built on top of what we're already doing. So uh, pre-pandemic, we were at roughly 200,000 on average. Uh, so we're talking uh, an increase of about 50%. Uh, let's say that uh, things are not moving fast enough on that front. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to need a number of, of solutions, it's really multi-pronged approach that's uh, really needed to solve this. So we're talking um, speeding up uh, training and construction for uh, workers, uh, we are talking about um, building uh, affordable housing, uh, new uh, models, uh, cooperative models of housing. Uh, we're talking uh, about uh, even building uh, units uh, in, uh, you know, uh, in manufacturing shops in an automated way. I mean, all those uh, answers are, are, are good answers. Uh, it's, we're going to need everything. It's not going to be that one magic solution. So there's no home run. There's many, many, many solutions, short-term, long-term, and we'll try to fix as much as we can these issues. But it's uh, we're on the long, on our run here, what I understand. Yes, and it's a really critical issue right now in Canada because uh, we have a strategy, a growth strategy, that emphasizes immigration and strong demographic growth, which is great because we're able to attract uh, some some uh, strong talent to help us grow. Uh, in the future and help our potential grow. But uh, if we're not building enough houses to uh, to accommodate those needs, uh, well, we're going to bump into the limit of that growth model very soon. Thanks, Jimmy. I want to bring you somewhere else. Maybe you knew it before, but uh, I started my career as a tailor at Desjardins. And after that, I, uh, I became a business account manager. So the first few years of my career at Desjardins, I was uh, with entrepreneurs. I was helping them to achieve their goals and working with them. And I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned now with uh, when I look at, at them and when I discuss with them. Uh, they, they, they face the labor challenges, uh, the supply chain issues in 2022, the costs, uh, you know, it was really more expensive for them. Uh, rate hikes that affect them. Now there's a, a slowdown, a, a short recession in front of them. Maybe we're already in it. Uh, what can we say to our entrepreneurs now? 2022 was certainly a very challenging year. Uh, 2023 will be challenging as well, but there are things that are going in the right direction. The first thing is that interest rates uh, have, uh, we think they have uh, reached a, a peak in Canada. Uh, and that they should start uh, falling in uh, at the end of the year. Uh, also, we have uh, had some very good news in terms of uh, supply chain issues. Uh, you no longer have major bottlenecks that you had uh, a year earlier, for example. Uh, when you look at uh, the maritime transportation, uh, things have cleared out. 
And the cost of shipping as well has uh, has improved, has come back to where it was pre-pandemic. So that's a good news. Uh, we also uh, see a, a reduction in cost for new technology. So that's very important in, in a context where we're talking more and more about building resilience and investing in technologies to build some resilience. And one of those key areas to invest in is going to be automation more and more to become more resilient to the labor shortage situation, which we know is structural. So the cost of doing so uh, is uh, is relatively advantageous right now. Uh, for those that export out there, we expect the uh, Canadian dollar to stick below 75 cents. Uh, so no big appreciation of the loonie this year. That should help as well uh, to stay competitive in international markets. So I think you have some elements out there that are more encouraging, especially for the midterm uh, outlook. But, uh, you know, it's going to be really those that are uh, better able to withstand cost pressures, the slowdown in demand. Uh, those companies are likely to do well. It's going to ask for patience, but it's going to also ask for resilience. And regarding uh, an eventual recession, Jimmy, um, anything else to reassure them? Absolutely. So our expectation for uh, the Canadian economy is that the this recession shouldn't be long. It shouldn't be deep. Uh, when we look at the history of, of recessions, uh, you know, given what we expect in terms of the job market, uh, it should be one of the uh, the lightest uh, recessions, at least in our baseline scenario. Uh, what's key here is the job market outlook. So we don't expect to see uh, massive job losses uh, that would come to weaken um, you know, households' financial situations. Uh, and that's because uh, we're from a starting point of excess demand for workers in a structural environment where you're going to have more and more workers retiring and they're going to need to be replaced. So uh, companies right now in are in uh, job retention mode. Uh, they're hesitant to let uh, people go because they know how they understand how difficult and how costly it is to replace those workers. So if that stands, that should make for a relatively light uh, recession. So I think for uh, the time being, for entrepreneurs, for business owners out there, uh, it's really about efficiency. It's really about uh, staying uh, competitive and also have the agility to uh, seize on the opportunities. The entrepreneurs that will be able to stand out on that front uh, will actually be able to capture market share, even in a recession. If I uh, ask you what do Uber, Instagram, and WhatsApp have in common. Well, nine chances out of 10, you're going to say they're all tech companies. And you're going to be right. But uh, there are also three companies that have been born during the great financial crisis of 2008, 2009. So this shows that even in very challenging times, you can have uh, success stories and you can have positive growth stories. So the glass is not uh, half empty, it's half full for, for entrepreneurs who are looking for it opportunities and maybe some new projects for them in the future. Absolutely. Jimmy, um, I would like to congratulate you first because probably not many people heard that, but in 2022, your team here at Desjardins as economists was ranked the number one in Canada as best overall economic forecaster. So again, congratulations, Jimmy. So you're, you're really the right person to explain to us what the economy has in store uh, in the next few quarters, few months. So uh, any other comments, uh, Jimmy? 
Absolutely. And uh, on that note, uh, I'm proud to also say that uh, our economics team has uh, just ranked number two for uh, its uh, forecast accuracy in Canada, according to the Refinitiv uh, ranking. Uh, so the tradition of excellence in our team, and we've ranked uh, actually number one for inflation, uh, which is, uh, of course, very important. So the tradition of excellence in our team uh, continues, and obviously I'm very proud of that. Uh, just to recap what we're currently expecting, our baseline assumptions here for 2023, uh, uh, slowdown in the global economy, uh, that's going to vary according to, to countries, but uh, we do think that uh, what's central in this assumption is the United States, and we do expect to see a recession ultimately in the United States. Uh, same kind of profile for Canada uh, and, and Quebec and Ontario. Uh, however, recessions that should be mild by historical standards, uh, and that should help inflation uh, diminish, uh, particularly starting in the second quarter, as we're going to see base year effects uh, intensify that disinflationary trend we've seen since the middle of last year. Uh, we should see interest rates peak in Canada. Uh, and uh, even though in the U.S. we expect them to continue to increase in the first few uh, months of 2023, uh, they should, uh, we should hit a pause as well sometime, at some point in 2023 as the signs of weakness accumulate. Now, uh, an increase in the unemployment rate is expected, but it's going to be an increase that's largely going to be driven by the demographic effect, by population, you know, uh, labor uh, supply, but not so much by massive job losses. And that's really going to define this cycle, this recession from previous ones, uh, in my opinion. For example, when you look at techs, the tech sector right now, you hear a lot about layoffs on a daily basis. But really, when you, you look at things, it takes uh, about three months for somebody to be laid off in tech to find a job elsewhere. So if we're talking about that kind of uh, situation at the economy-wide level, then it's not such a negative uh, picture. It's a picture where uh, given uh, strong needs for workers, uh, people are, are able to find themselves new jobs and it avoids the uh, very uh, more negative impact on consumer balance sheets that uh, that we don't want to happen. But what I'm hearing, Jimmy, is that there's a lot of uncertainty uh, in front of us. Uh, and as consumers, as citizens, I think it's important that we, we remain very cautious. Uh, it means uh, pay off our debts, uh, line of credits. Uh, but what else can people do? Uh, we have probably, we've seen during the pandemic some change uh, in the people's habits, savings habit, or behaviors. Maybe you saw some things during the pandemic, Jimmy? Yeah, well, uh, what's interesting is the last uh, Bank of Canada's uh, consumer survey of consumer expectations, it shows that 64% of respondents right now are saying they intend to spend less uh, or to save more. And this is exactly what the Bank of Canada wants to see. This is exactly what higher interest rates uh, provide as an incentive for people to do. So uh, certainly uh, Canadians uh, are uh, are sensitive to what's happening and they're adopting a more defensive uh, position, which uh, I believe is the right uh, course of action. Uh, in these current circumstances, you need to build an emergency fund uh, just in case uh, you experience uh, something, some negative uh, fallout, maybe a, a job loss or a job loss in your family. Uh, you know, having some uh, extra cash available is always going to be helpful in that circumstance. 
Um, you also have uh, those who have uh, mortgages, either uh, variable rate mortgages or fixed rate mortgages that are going to be uh, renewed very uh, soon. Uh, well, uh, it's not too late to, to really sit down with uh, your advisor and uh, really run those calculations and see what uh, in advance, what options, what budgetary options you have at your, your disposal. And of course, here at Desjardins, you can talk to this, but uh, we've been very proactive in, in helping people out. Well, absolutely, Jimmy. Uh, we have seen with the rate increases, uh, you know, that uh, people who used to have or have a, a mortgage uh, a variable rate, uh, we have more than 60,000 people now that are more under pressure. So since uh, I think the last few months, we have been really proactive to, to call them, to have a, a meeting with them and try to see how can we help them uh, with their budget or can we just uh, readjust a few aspects uh, in their financial situation. And each time there's an increase of 25 basis point uh, in the interest rates, it's around five to 10,000 members who will face some difficulties. So for us, it's so important to be proactive and care about the, their, their own situation. But on the other side, there's many people now who invested money in the last few years uh, and they're looking at the market and they're like, okay, maybe it's not time to try to hit a home run. Uh, it's maybe more time just to, um, you know, financial caution, financial know-how. Uh, how do I reinforce my personal financial empowerment to really have a better understanding of where am I invested and do I really understand what I'm doing now? Um, so any comment on that about how you see investment in the next few quarters and the months? Well, certainly uh, 2022 has shown that uh, this is not the time to, to take uh, exaggerated risks. Um, we've seen what happened, for example, in, in crypto. Uh, even the traditional portfolio, the 60-40 bond equity portfolio has suffered. It's been a pretty bad year. Now, the good news is I think uh, 2023 will be a much better year on that front. Why? Because I believe bonds will perform uh, much better in an environment where we see interest rates start to go down. Uh, so uh, markets are going to be forward-looking and they're already uh, discounting uh, rate, eventual rate cuts by the central banks. So that's going to be favorable for uh, bonds uh, as an asset class. I think in terms of equities, we've seen quite a robust year so far, but we have to be careful here because uh, earnings uh, that are being discounted, the forecast, uh, for earnings, it's not compatible with a scenario where you have a recession. So it's like uh, markets are currently telling us that the, the worst is behind when we think that 2023 is uh, going to be another very difficult year. So we have to be careful here, more defensive. I think uh, bonds are going to be the asset class that will outperform in this environment. Yes, I think you're right, Jimmy. The economy has had a lot of twists and turns in the last few months, quarters in 2022. But there's reasons to stay optimistic, but also to stay prudent. Uh, and uh, in a way, where, why I say optimistic is that supply chains are rebuilding right now. Costs have returned to more sustainable level. Their labor market is really hanging in there. Uh, and we don't expect, when I listen to you, we don't expect a collapse in 2023. Uh, the housing market is gradually finding its footing again. Um, Job seekers, like you said, have a lot of options. If something happened, they still have options in the market. So uh, thank you so much, Jimmy. I think uh, you helped us a lot to simplify the economy. It's really, really appreciated. Well, that's my job. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Jimmy. 
Thank you, Jimmy Jean, for this enlightening discussion. And thank you also to everyone who listened. In our next episode, we'll learn about Desjardins Group's growth across Canada. Denis Dubois, Executive Vice President of Wealth Management and Life and Health Insurance, will explain how our teams have helped make Desjardins the largest cooperative financial group in Canada. And thank you to everyone behind the scenes. This was Guy Cormier. Join me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Once again, thank you for tuning in and most of all, for listening. Thank you.